NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. The great cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, England are dominating South Africa in Johannesburg as Ben Stokes gets compared to an iconic singer-songwriter, but he doesn't seem all that stoked about it. The Big Bash gets, gets into the exciting who can finish fifth stage of the tournament in another edition of It's Just On. Australia knock England out of the Under-19 World Cup in a thrilling chase. India are in New Zealand for some T20s, some other stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Michael Vaughan is on the show and hashtag AskTDC has a, has a surprise birthday message as well. Obviously, this is all thanks to Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com or budgiesmuggler.com.au deciding on your preference. My name is Ian Higgins. I'm joined by Dave with to my left and Sam Perry to my right, boys. Let's get straight into uh, England and South Africa or South Africa and England as it is. Um, and in light of uh, you know Ben Stokes' interaction with a fan in, uh, in Joburg, is there any sort of, sort of iconic send-offs in your own playing days in your own career that comes to mind like a really a really you know a send-off that stayed in your mind uh yes he goes and, and good morning to you both morning all. Um, good morning good morning all. Uh, I, I again have to go back to my junior days mm. uh I remember playing against hawkesbury in an mm. aw green shield fixture at chatswood mm. oval uh, i hit 100 that's just an opportunity for me to mention <laughs> that. really that's terrific um <laughs> that is terrific <laughs> and the Opening bowler, who who actually went on to captain the Waratahs for a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got out for 100 off 100, he told me to fuck off back to the beach. Oh, yeah, I remember oh, that. And I just remember it so yeah. vividly. I remember thinking that I don't live anywhere near the beach. Yeah. Um, I guess I had, I might have had some sun in, in my hair at the time. Yeah. I can't remember what actually provoked that outburst. Yeah. But I never 2000, 2001. 2000, 2001. Mm. Dawson, I remember Frost that game. And tips. Frost and tips. I remember that game. Yeah. Mm. yeah. How many did you get? Don't remember. Yeah. It wasn't 100 off 100. <laughs> you remember yeah. the game? I remember Even the writings. game. Don't remember any no. of your own involvement. <laughs> I remember talking catch and second slip off your bowling, I think. Oh, yeah. good. This is the celebration of Dave's playing career <laughs> under 16s <laughs> every week. Yes? Uh You've got two. One was okay. also from AW Greenshield okay. um, <laughs> at Dremoyne Oval okay. against Parramatta. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So... Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, we never call it AW Greenshield, but this is under 16s. And mm-hmm. like after I um, nicked off for for a for some unmemorable score, um, somebody at first slip called me a prick, mm. which when you're 15, 
seems like awfully adult. Like I remember just being, yeah. I've never been called a prick before. Like yeah. you get called a prick for things, you know, for like, mm. you know, white collar crime or, um, you know, some like yeah. underhanded behavior towards women or something. Like, yeah. When you're 15 no, years old, like you can't prick. really do anything that renders you a prick. So no. whoever that kid was at first slip has grown up with some um, very hairy language. Well, his father probably has called him a prick under yeah. his breath many times. He's, or, or called his wife mm. a prick or something or mm. a friend mm. and he's picked that up by just osmosis. At, at 15. I was like, mm. I hadn't done anything in that innings, I think, to render myself like a prick-worthy behaviour. I would have um, thought so, no. The other one was in grade cricket against... I was playing for Norths against Manly in like third grade and I just moved from Balmain, which is relevant. Mm. Um, I already know and who the person is going to be involved in this story yeah. as the many listeners I suspect. I was on 40 odd, 26, and got, um, I like I got out to one where like I lost it in the trees. You know, like, a, like the, I just lost the ball that went above my eye line. Mm. Um, must have been a slower ball or something. I can't remember, but I lost oh. it and it was one of those really ugly dismissals where you're, you've, you're crumpled in a heap as the <clears> ball cannons into the stumps mm-hmm. and um, from slips um, someone said as I walked off so I'll fuck off back to Balmain I had exactly the yeah, same right. experience mm. playing against Gordon my old club from mm-hmm. North Sydney also in third grade and um, walking past someone at mid-off who will remain nameless mm-hmm. but is a you know a noted history teacher at a private school <laughs> right <laughs> now 40 odd at the time yeah 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 and in, former in, state players mm. um, and he just said after I got out for a, do- for a duck nicking mm. off you should never have fucking left our club mate yeah. Whispered it to me well, I, He was that close to me He whispered it My one was We were playing against like Manly And this guy said Fuck off back to Balmain From North And I, I was just elated That he'd remembered yeah, me yeah, From this other club yeah, that's and now he, Well he may or may not Have a fairly senior post In Australian cricket At the moment <laughs> Sure mm. yeah. um, Always have to know. mention Where they are now May or may not yeah. <laughs> I remember one of, uh, I, I have I, to I, check If he's still working I think it was a Fifth grade game But I remember like, Getting out And this guy like Just screamed at me And like He had just, like Rabada. Yeah. And like mucus just fucking <laughs> just spilled from his mouth and just like his mouth was covered in mucus. Oh my God. <laughs> he screamed Oh at man. Me. I would love to get someone out and do that. Yeah. Just be so elated. I'm yelling and I'm just yeah. mucus yeah. everywhere. That's a coronavirus reference, I think. <laughs> Another one. Um, second grade game at Fairfield. Slower ball that like just went wrong above the eye line. Yeah. Hit me like, I, just, I ducked and it hit me yeah. like in the hip and it was like on the nice. way down. And then, um, and then everyone laughed. Yeah, everyone yeah. laughed. That was about. Nice. And then, and then the incoming batsman said, "What happened there? Match didn't pick it up." Or oh, nice. Love those conversations. <laughs> Had so time nice. to ask what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's this bike doing with it? Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. Definitely one of the things you get conditioned out of as you go up the grades. Like any conversation between mm. batsmen coming in and out is it? It's, it's like yuck. It's zero a, yeah, eye contact. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, well, should we talk about? We'll just get straight into the the, the Stokes um, incident. Mm. Uh, where he was, what, what did the guy? What did the guy say to him? He said, uh, allegedly, he said, "You look like you look like Ed Sheeran, yeah, Ed Sheeran, you ginger cunt, or something." Mm. And then he, or, <laughs> or some shit, yeah. And then Stokes re- replied, "Say it to me outside in the car park, you four-eyed, you whatever, fucking four-eyed, yeah, <laughs> cunt, yeah, right." Just finish it off. Right. For finish it off. Always safe. finish yeah. it off. Safe yeah. space. Mm. It's a safe space. Yeah, online. Um, yeah. Although the Wanderers does not seem like a safe space at South all. South Africa generally just like, what's going on with South Africa? It's been over years. It's fucking people just yelling at fucking players. Blokes just can't walk off that ground without some kind of hectic fan interaction. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because we saw this last year, right? We saw this. Um, what, was it sandpaper? Was, was when was last year? Yeah, 2018. 18. Yeah, so two years ago, mm. um, where like yeah, Warner was like getting yelled at and the guy off the field, and then there was, it was all that chat where we heard about um, like the players' wives were getting abused, mm. like like yelling out to the players' wives watching the game. That's fucking pretty grim. Then obviously mm. like all the the Sunny Bill William masks mm. stuff, like with like South African officials wearing that. Like what the fuck is going on in South yeah, Africa? Right. What's going on there? Mm. 
Don't know. South Africa's uh, scary. And yeah. I mean, that, that is why I'm, and I've said this before, I'm concerned about the one day series we're about to play in South Africa because mm. there is so much potential for scandal, mm. weird time zone, end of a long summer, mm. sandpaper, you know, anniversary coming up, mm. two year anniversary of sandpaper. Smith is a good player, though. Good little player. <laughs> good little player. South Africa for me, I mean, it's shrouded in my own memories of South Africa going in a, at a cricket tour at the age of 15, getting violently ill in Cape Town, you know, not being able to go up Table Mountain as a result, right. um, which was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Just a really scary place for mine. <laughs> I remember being in a... I wasn't able to go, I really wanted to. Um, it was the highlight of the trip, apparently. Mm. I remember being on a nightclub, in a nightclub in Durban, on like second level of a nightclub. How old were you? 15. Mm. Oh, right. You can get into the night. Well, I think you can. We all did. Okay. Mm. I was the youngest player on a, yeah. on a first 11 tour of South Africa. Okay. How old were you? 15. Did you score runs? A few. Enough yeah, to, you know, cement my place for the next three years in the mm. first 11. Yeah, good little player. Good little player. Mm. At that age. Yeah. I just remember people throwing money onto a busy street below from the nightclub and like young beggars running out into like a hectic, you know, situation with traffic and just retrieving them. And I'm myself as a 15 year old thinking that's not normal. Yeah. Mm. It's not normal behaviour. Yeah. Okay. Have not you ever had a bad day of cricket? Yeah. Sorry? Have you ever had a bad day of cricket? Well, as you know, I've blocked out every terrible... <laughs> well, your memories are amazing. <laughs> They're all positive. They're yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Six yeah, free so sessions like, of counselling through Medicare. Good point. Different types of hostility among international grounds. Yeah. So, obviously, the Wanderers, yeah, it's like, uh, it's pretty hostile. Um, Pakistan, obviously, has about 30 kilometres of security. With matches, yeah. so probably, I yeah. mean, I guess diplomats and foreign agencies suggest that it can be hostile. Yeah. Mm. Um, though players suggest otherwise. Chris Green said it was a bit, bit hairy when he went there. Yeah. Um, he chucks it. Lords, Lo- <laughs> 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 Lords Long Room. I mean, you're allowed to like oh, yeah. different to type s- of hostility. It is yeah, different yeah, yeah. type, and like you know, class people, based. People mm. love the. Uh, <laughs> Those stories of players walking out onto the ground mm. and, you know, some, some toff will say, well, see you shortly. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> like, I remember the doing stuff with, like, Smith and Warner and then the first game or the second game, second test was at the Lords and it was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a really hostile environment. Mm. Like a 98-year-old man mm. barely looking at games, <laughs> reading a newspaper, like, well, peeking his eyes above the fucking mm. the Herald. Don't forget uh, <laughs> Sledge Baston. 98-year-old man. <laughs> Sledge Baston, yeah. 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 Is there much in this? I can fucking broadcasters just turn the mics down and let the boys get on with it? Well, like, or, you know, are we in an era where we have to have unfettered yeah. access to every little oh, certainly. minutia? Well, mm. I, yeah. Because, like, the, the reaction I saw on Twitter is just like, oh, Ben Stokes is a prick, isn't he? Like, we, like, we love to hate the good players, and he is quite good. We had the conversation last week, in my opinion. He could be England's best ever player. So he's good. Mm. So therefore, we must hate him. Widely oscillating and binary opinions on players. Exactly. Mm. But like, uh, it goes to the thing of like, are you entitled to yell anything at a player if you pay money to go and see the thing? Are you? I don't, it's just weird to me. Well, entitled? Yeah, you, like, I mean, you can do it and then you should leave the ground to like, be ejected. I mean, I don't think you're entitled to abuse people. Well, that well, was like, the Adam yeah. Goods argument, wasn't mm. it? Mm. Oh, yeah. By a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of yeah, fans yeah. saying, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit like, yeah. fair go. I, I will like given Stokes was going to have a go, and he really like he really emphasized the, the final word on that. He, he thought about it. He went there. I was just I thought he could have done better with the sledge itself. Four eyes, mm, really. You know, lazy. I, I, well, I think it's a little bit lazy. It's more like I expect more because I do respect him. I like Stokes in that environment. He's red faced. He goes hard. He's aggressive. He encourages Josh Butler. You know, to stare him out. This is his domain, and someone calls him Ed Sheeran, mm. and he looks at it and he has. He re- it's a reflex. He looks at it. He's upset, and 
Four eyes is what he does. He looks, you at, know, he well, looks so, at it. Someone's made a comment about his physical appearance and he's then tried to react in kind mm. and seen the first thing, mm. that being glasses that's that right. the person's wearing. And uh, presumably he's had ginger before, so he'd be yeah. well-versed. I wouldn't mm. know, you know, but he'd be well-versed in that. And he's looking, he's got, okay, what's the number one defining physical characteristic of this person I can get back at them with? Mm. And he just goes, four-eyed. He's like... You know, but importantly, think but about that. All of it's a bit lazy. It's all it's a all bit, bit lazy. All a bit pedestrian. Ginger, mm. four eyes. Like mm. if he'd gone back yeah. and said, "You look like fucking yard James shit. Corden or something," like yeah. then maybe you know, yeah. fair play. That's mm. that's that's quick. It's better off the cuff. Mm. Yeah, the, the nice guy. Ex- the guy was into Warner a few years ago. Looked like James Corden. Yeah, which would change my views on Corden, frankly, <laughs> for the better. <laughs> that guy was right in Warner's grill. Wasn't yeah, he? He followed him and clapped him. It was like a bit jarring because no one else was there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, you know, like at the SCG, not where like the, the players are sitting in the members. Mm, and yeah. so I, I don't reckon the players like that. No, they wouldn't like. There's that. so many things that they want to say but they can't say because there's some 98 year old bloke in front of them <laughs> with his daughter. It's probably a chief yeah. justice or something like that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think really. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, are they all actors? Strange. The people that are kind of yes. around them? They are. Surely actually, they are. They're planted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fan TV. All those presenters, they're just actors. Yeah. 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 Well, in that series itself, England are going to win the series. They, they, they've set overnight, they've set South Africa 466 too many or some shit um, to, to, to win the series 3-1. This is amazing. It's a young England team over there. We spoke yeah. about some of the ages last week. The conversation seems to be they're actually picking on Joss Butler now. They're going to win the series in South Africa 3-1. Mm. But Joss Butler needs to, uh, needs to sort it out. But um, it, it's, it's an amazing series. The, the bowlers have done the job. South Africa's batting fucking terrible. Yeah. But I actually want to focus on uh, Joe Root. Who okay. scored a fifty in each innings of this match? He's now scored forty-eight Test fifties, mm. and he's got seventeen hundreds. That is, it's it's weird mm. that, he, that he's like the the best. He's their best batsman. Can't mm. hundreds. Yeah. He's got seventeen. It's a ratio, isn't it? He's been ratioed. He's been ratioed. Yeah, I just think we can't we can't understand the way England plays cricket in Australia because we're so we're quite narrow. You know, we are all about like prolific. Mm. Prolificness, you know, it's like mm. number three must be a big run getter, so must number four, new opening yeah. batsmen see off mm. new ball, and then our quick bowlers destroy people and take lots of wickets, yeah. and that's it. Whereas England are like hodgepodge, you know, it's like Denley averages thirty and yeah. faces a hundred balls, so that's kind of good. And then Joe Root, like you know, pushes the game along, and then Josh Butler's batting eight, and Don Bess is their spinner, and Joff Archer can't get a game. There's mm. commitment questions for him, mm-hmm. and yet they're sort of winning. They're, they're going to win three one. Uh, we we can't compute how that works. We have only one way of winning. Uh, I don't yeah, know, man. Yeah. I think South Africa are quite cooked. Oh, mate, I I agree. But like, isn't it weird that like a, a Test match quality batsman, world class batsman, mm. Joe Root, can get to fifty, and then like as soon as he gets to fifty, he's like he's going to get out. Like you, you can tell. He, like even in the what's first the innings, perfect ratio? I mean, is it like twenty five Test hundreds and fifty fifties? <laughs> is that the ratio? No, one to two. I think you want to have like uh, yeah over fifty percent mm. of your like of those scores being over a hundred kind of thing. So, right. Yeah, you're always going to have more fifties and hundreds generally. Well, I think Steve Smith's not that. Yeah. Um, He's a freak, obviously, but mm. uh, yeah, you, you don't want to have like fewer than fifty percent. That's what you don't yeah. want. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I remember Bradman. I remember Bradman saying um, mm-hmm. that like he never understood if someone got to twenty how they could get out. But that was I'm Bradman. sure he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good Brad, Bradman must have been good Bradman must have been very confused about how everyone else played cricket. <laughs> Just shaking his head. Why, why are you getting He's like out? Mark Waugh, yeah. mate. Just yeah. smack it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, just use, your smack feet, it. use your feet yeah. to the spitters. Can't get it out if you don't. Hit it on the yeah. full. Just smack it. <laughs> yeah. Good player. Mm, good, little player. Good stick. Mm. Um, yeah, so Joff Archer has missed the second, third, and fourth test. He, he missed the second and third test with an elbow injury, and then he was set to play the fourth test. 
and then it flared up um, the elbow injury flared up in the in the warm up so he hasn't yeah. played again but there's been heaps of questions about his like commitment and body language and fucking weird stuff like that which mm. doesn't sit that well does it mm, feels nah. a bit mm, mm, yeah. you know yeah, yeah, all like red, t- all tablets. A lot of eyebrows well. being raised. Yeah, eyebrow stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the yeah. eye emoji. My eyes twitching yeah. right now. Seven games, thirty wickets, three fifers, yeah. super over in the World Cup. Yeah. Bowls a thousand overs every time he plays. Yeah. You know, but like not the right kind of body management. I read an article from Joe Fraji. He's a bit slow sometimes. Not the right kind. It's like curious. Not the right kind of dickhead. Yeah, hmm. you know. I remember got to work on that. Reading stuff like Australians saying like, "Oh, Joe is the most arrogant." Like, it's like he is so good. Like, like filling it mid off with like a jump around his waist. That's funny. Mm. That's funny and yeah. good. And daggering in his England kit. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah more of that. More, more please. of that, please. Yeah. yeah. And then I was reading an article about um, he's had like a tough start to the international career. No, 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 no bowler's like had a better start to a fucking international career. It's amazing. Yeah. He's 24, he's 25 in April, I think it is. Yeah. He's like coming to his prime. He's, he's good. It's all dog whistly. It's yeah, all it's like all I can't whistly. really. It's, it's, not, stuff, it's not tangible. It's like Mark Wood's done really well. He's come yeah. in. He's like hit heaps of sixes, taken a couple of fivers. We love Woody, Northerner. Yeah. You know, love the way he goes about it. Joffre Archer has to manage his body at different times. Bowls a bit slow. It's like, you know, more dirt on the bo- more dirt, please. A little bit, you know, more sweat coming off the brow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we'll accept because you. Because he's fast, and we know yeah. how fast and dynamic he is. He mm. must do that 100 percent of the time exactly. at all costs and right. times. Mm. And anything beneath that yeah. is a failure in our eyes. You've bowled at 93 miles an hour. You must do that. Is your bar now? You must yeah. set that. It's like Australia with sport. We 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 did really well in 1999. Mm. We must hit that mark in Olympics, in mm. cricket, in any other sport. Mm. Otherwise, it's a failure. Yeah. When in reality, we should. Really calibrate our benchmarking that's right do you reckon this is a bit of a false dawn for England I remember like when they won in Sri Lanka they won 3-0 they've had like a couple of bigger ways series victories yeah. recently and it's a bit like hmm, does yeah. that show anything Okay, yeah. South Africa cooked, although we're not going to understand. Like, it's still, if we, if we won like this over there, we'd be talking Australia okay, up, would, yeah. um, yeah. shitloads. But, you know, half of South Africa's players, like, like Australia, uh, sorry, South Africa could have a team, half of whom are coal pack players, mm-hmm. you know, playing in the UK. Um, you know, Philander's retiring. Yep. Um, Faf Duplessis retiring. Yep. You know, this is the culmination of, like, cricket becoming the big three. The well, test yeah. cricket side struggling. You know, look at England. Like, what, their top order is... Crawley, Sibley, Denley, who averages 30, and Joe Root, who, you know, as yet can't, you know, hit the hundreds that he probably should be hitting. That he craves. Yeah, that he craves. Joss Butler, again, yeah, Mm. Um, 16 runs, like 16, averaging 16, 115 runs. Mm. Uh, Broad and Archer are good, Mark Wood's good. Yeah. Um, Don Best is their spinner. Yeah. So it's Jack Lee. I mean, is that what they're going to... And, and Root's talking about perhaps, you know, going on to be number one. Okay. Wouldn't Give, it a sec- have thought yeah. so. Give it a second. Yeah. Let <laughs> it breathe. Yeah. I, I would have thought. Mm. Mm, I, think, I think, yeah. I think you're probably right. So mm. he plays with them winning 3-1 though. I suppose so. I reckon, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Mm. So this is just this is more cricket that's on. Just cricket that's on. Cricket that's on. Okay, well, we'll roll that into the Big Bash, which is just on. Mm. And the, the stars are fucking at Pez. You called it. Yeah. This is actually the most exciting part about the Big Bash so far. I lost three games in a row. They're yeah. still first. Yep. But it's happening again. I see Stoinis is saying, look, we're giving a couple of young kids a go. Okay. Yeah, we're giving a couple of young kids a go. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say it like that? You did. Yeah, twice. Right. Um, <laughs> the last thing you did is the thing you'll do forever. Yes. Which means it'll be a Sixers versus Brisbane Heat final. Yeah, um, so yeah. last week, A.B. De Villiers was a myth because he'd failed twice, That's but then right. he hit 70 out of 30 odds, so now he's the greatest ever. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, six is heat. Yeah. It's, so, as it stands, like, seven teams can make the finals. It's kind of... Mm. But, like... Is that good, though? 
I don't know what it is. We never know what's good with a big bash, I don't mate. know what it is. There's like talks about... Do you want two titans in a, in a tightly a run titan? race? I don't know what a titan is. Yeah. We don't know what the big bash is. We're still... We're talking about calibration. Yeah. There's an article from Neil Breen this week, the Sydney Morning Herald, saying big bash set for big crash. Nice. Um, I'm thinking was it, you know, that it's like uh, on the downward slide because everything in cricket's always on the downward slide. Mm, yeah. You know, since 1880. That's cricket's dying, mate. Yeah. Um, and you know, he says, years. as quickly as the Big Bash appeared, it could disappear. There's fewer people going in 2016. So basically, because it was amazing in 2016, 2017, and it's not as good as that, yep. uh, it's therefore on the downward slide. It doesn't have relentless year on year growth, yeah. relentless yoy mm. growth. Yoy yeah. growth. Yeah. Chops and growth. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like people over the age of 30 will always struggle with the big bash in a way because life is a pursuit of recreating your life when you are nine years old. Mm. And so there's no canary yellow uh, yeah. on screen, especially during this weekend. And, you know, we'll say this at the cafe. So yeah. it, it's always going to have, we're always going to have an uneasy relationship with it. Did you guys go to a cafe before? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did, mate. Oh, I was here waiting. But it was, Australia, it was Australia Day weekend this weekend, the long weekend. And, you know, talk about formative years growing up. You just expect to turn on the television and see Canary Yellow. And while cricket is more colourful than ever before and there are more games than ever before, mm. the Big Bash is colourful, kid-friendly cricket. Mm -hmm. I feel slightly marginalised as a nostalgic 34-year-old yeah. parent of a yes. two-year-old boy who I can't bring to a Big Bash game. Right. So I kind of fall into that yeah. neglected demographic. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I want to be able to turn on... Home one day or at two twenty PM on Australia Day, yes, and just kind of walk in and out of rooms, you know, go about my life, mm. and just leave it on till ten ten thirty PM, yeah. and I can take in that match, but I don't necessarily need to be sitting mm. in a seat or a stadium watching this colourful mm. cricket. It just yeah. kind of, I consume it yeah. throughout the day mm. at my yeah. own leisure and time. We're a neglected demographic. Yeah, I feel like four year olds with two year old children. CA has neglected our <laughs> very neglected niche specific it. demographic. That's yeah. right. 30 year old white guys yeah, for the podcast. Exactly. We're good for it. We've got money. We'll go. We'll spend. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing when you're walking in and out of rooms? Just, just I only have like chores. a very small two bedroom house with about 100 meters squared internally. Mm. So I'm, I'm just usually going to the bathroom and all my bedroom because I have to pass through the television room to do everything. Yeah. Bouncing you, a basketball. Yeah. yeah. Moves. You call yeah. it the television room? Like the television room. Mm. Yeah, it's the 1950s. I think that like cause it's becoming its own sport, like um, sledging the Big Bash, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. every year, it's just like oh, it's you know the crowds are up, and someone will say no, no the crowds are down, and someone will say no, 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 it's actually up if you do it by this average or that average mm. or whatever. Like yeah. I think it's kind of it's carrying the can for a very sleepy test season. Like it's meant yeah. to operate in symbiosis. If the test season is mm. good and and um, it's riveting, compelling, yes. and you're drained from it, the Big Bash is perfect. It's just highlights, washes over you. Yeah. You, you get the odd close match, but the, the, the test season it's was a just a walkover, and it's like, well, what is this? Side plate. Side plate. To the main, which a is a, a nourishing test mm. series, which we didn't have because I didn't feel like we had a summer, mm. a cricketing summer. Yeah. I mean, the bushfires aside, we didn't have a summer in general, mm. but a summer of cricket in 2019, 2020, mm. I feel like we didn't quite have it. New Zealand, Pakistan, mm. shitty series, mm. offshore ODIs. But that's a test cricket issue. That's like a South Africa cricket issue. That's that we need more... We need stronger opposition so the Big Bash can just mm. wash over and we don't have to ask as much from it. So is the answer that India keep all the money? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So it's like if, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if Australia was hosting one day during the IPL, you know, absolutely the Indian players would come over mm. to the you know, oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you have thought? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Frothing for it. <laughs> Frothing. Frothing. Um, well, the garlic bled to, to all of this, uh, this meal talk is the Under-19 World Cup. Or something. Very good. Go on. Um, and Australia have done it again. 
I just remember like the the one of the most like memorable moments of the under nineteen World Cup in the history of the mm. tournament for yep. us okay. is when Lloyd Pope took seven for whatever, mm-hmm. and he's he spun England out, and we're thinking, here oh, we go, Shane, this is Shane Warne with red hair, spun him out, and now in Australia have another leg spinner who's been doing well, Tanvir Sanger. Um, who took nine wickets in the first three games against? He took four for against Nigeria, and we mm. thought this guy's a real deal. We're on here. Hell, oh hell yeah, <laughs> oh, oh hell yeah! And then we beat England in a ridiculous run chase. If you saw this, Edos, they they we were chasing two forty. England got two forty. Right. Australia are eight for two hundred or two hundred for eight. Mm. Eighteen balls left, two wickets in hand, forty runs to win. They win it off the last ball. <sighs> Satisfying, satiating. How good? Were you satiated? Did you see it? I didn't see it, but mm. I feel satiated now. Mm. Just hearing those things. And that talk about garlic bread before that you mentioned. Um, are we good? Is Because obviously the health of Australian win. cricket is dictated by the future and the yep. future being the under-19s. Yep. Are we Are we primed to win this tournament? Because no. we need it. We're no. not? I think, well, I think we're second favourite. India are short favourites. Right. Um, well, again, if, I mean, if you look at... If you, Go into the search function of Instagram and see how good like eight-year-old kids are. Yeah, hmm. you can just extrapolate that and see how good they're nineteens. That's a very yeah. strange sentence in isolation. Pakistan have a fourteen-year-old playing for them, and Nazim Shah, who's mm. sixteen, mm. in the under nineteen World Cup. I like mm. that stuff. Mm. Australia don't have any of that; they just have under nineteens. We've got Jake Fraser McGurk. Yep. Cool. Um, <laughs> New Zealand. Are hosting India at the moment. They're playing some some ODIs and some T20s. Are you guys really into that? <laughs> okay. You know, Mate, there's so much fucking cricket on, man. This is on. I'm trying, but like New Zealand, we just here. Then they went home for a bit. Then they come back for three ODIs. I, I, How can they be up for this? Yeah, they're not up for it. How can they be? Well, it's India, I suppose. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. These people watching it. on TV. There's a big TV audience. Yeah, yeah. TV. I audience, get it yeah. now. Mm. Broadcast revenues. Yeah, exactly. And that's our entire summation of world cricket, as we know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to put my hand up and say I know almost zero about what's going on. But isn't that the right amount, Tess? Isn't that the right amount for probably, this Probably not for a, for a wide-ranging podcast. Yeah, Probably but, not. Yeah, but like it's just it's just cricket that will f- f- go past. Mm. <laughs> like it's, it's those two other ODI matches in India that Australia played that we've already forgotten about. But mm. I remember the 10-wicket win mm. in that one-match series where we won 1-0. Did you have a view on David Hussey's comments? Yeah, yeah. We'll go back to the big bash. Mm. Should be looking at the agenda, seeing I'm running the show, right? Well, I mean, you know, these are the colourful moments that the game throws up. These, yeah. these, these are the little scraps that CA does throw towards mm-hmm. 34-year-olds with two, two-year-old children. Yeah, you know, the forgotten demographic. Yeah, we can have views on mm. David Hussey. Well, so do you want to run through what happens, Pez, uh, for the listeners out there? So, for the listeners out there, if who aren't aware. Um, David Hussey is the Melbourne Stars coach, newly minted Melbourne Stars coach, and uh, he gave a, a live interview on TV with uh, with Channel Seven, I believe. Yeah, yes, it was Channel Seven, yeah. and um, he made mention of the fact that um, he'd walked onto the wicket before the game with spikes on his shoes, um, and uh, he later alleged this was a joke, but he was picked up on it by the commentators. Said, uh, Brendan McCullum said, "You you walked on the wicket with spikes before the game." He said, "Yeah, of course I did. I needed to see how." I'm paraphrasing here because I needed to see how, um, you know, whether the wicket would spin. You know, this is, this is the attention to detail. Um, mm. Brendan McCollum said, you know, oh, no, I think Jason Richardson said that. The attention to detail that Hussey goes to. And uh, it was a little bit awkward in the commentary box. Anyway, later on, he was charged and fined um, $2,000 by Cricket Australia for, um, I think it was like, it, it was, you know, a, a conduct charge because he said 
I didn't actually do it. I was joking. Mm. And what that did was precipitate like a raft of outrage from um, former professionals online saying, you know, we are just going to have to go back to our asinine comments. You know, no personality on TV anymore. This is a joke. <laughs> Warn us them to retract that, mm. you know, to retract that fine. Um, so I don't, these are the scraps. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't think it's a thing of just like, oh, we'll just have to go back and do say nothing. But, but it's were fucking, those comments funny? Or value adding? No, not funny, but also like he's obviously joking, and so like, what's the point of fucking finding him? Like, what's the? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just be like, oh Christ! Mm. I welcome the asinine comments. Mm. Got more of it? I'd like to see some more just on message comments from Mm. coaches in general. Just Mm. keep it fucking on message. Mm. Don't stray. Wouldn't it be better if T Twenty start having like some real wild wickets, like wickets that actually spin, Mm. and then like like fourteen is a good score? (laughs) Yeah, that. That, Uh, That's what I'm watching. I'm watching that big bash game. Mm. 14 well, so plays 10. David Hussey's a larrikin. Okay. You know what I mean? He's a larrikin of the game. He was a player's player, He's wasn't got, he? He's friend, a player's, player's player. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, David. Yeah, uh, and can you imagine, like, you know, other, other head coaches saying... <laughs> well, we all smiling, man. We spoke to him once. <laughs> imagine Langer saying that. Gillespie, Bayless, Greg Shippard, Andrew McDonald. Mm. Oh, yeah, I walked on the wicket with Sparks on. Like, I just love that, like, that meant Even if it's a joke, mm. just that mentality. A bit of a, a, bit of a rap scallion. Bit mm. of a scallywag, <laughs> yeah. and the players have come out in vo- you know vocal unison yeah. defending his right to say to these say kind of these kind of um, amazing stock shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's been censored. Anyway, I look forward to Tom Morris reporting from the boundary <laughs> for the stars. <laughs> what happened with that? Those nice oh, yeah, I don't know. No, no, the stars are playing the finals. We'll see Tom there. He's very welcome. Yeah, yeah apparently. Yeah, so he's welcome. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'd look at that. We defend his defend Hussey's right to shit chat. All right, once again, a wide range of topics here on the Great Cricket Podcast. Michael Vaughan is on the show, or is he? Let's find out. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Fellas, we got him. We did it. Mm. Uh, it was a long chase. Um, and I think, I think with a sense of timing, uh, this man has waited until he's about to exit the country to do this interview. So <laughs> let me read out some statistics, some good ones too. 82 tests, nearly 6,000 runs, an average of 41, 1850s, 18 tonnes. 268 first-class matches, 16,295 runs, 68 fifties, 42 tonnes. More than that, as England's captain during the 05 Ashes, is the chief architect of Australia's deepest cricketing pain. Uh, this century, Instagram shows him to have a wonderful rig, uh, and according to our DMs, he's a prolific blocker of people on social media as well. I'm, of course, talking about Michael Vaughan. Michael, welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Just about to catch a flight, actually. So I, can say, I can say what I want on this podcast. Exactly. I'm going home. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> And you can't get me if I abuse you all. <laughs> that would be good, actually. That's yeah. good. It's, it's good copy. Um, Michael, you're you're a man. You're obviously, you're a man from the north of England, proud cricketing region. What, what's your relationship to club cricket to kick things off? Oh, uh, my dad was the third eleven captain at Worsley Cricket Club in Manchester when I was growing up in the uh, Manchester Association. So as a kid, I used to always be on the sidelines, nicking the bats, uh, smacking balls onto the pitch. Uh, moved to Sheffield. I think I was nine. Um, we joined a, a local club called Sheffield Collegiate. Uh, my brother was there as well. And we played from the age of 9 of 10 all the way through. So I went from the 9s to the 10s, right through to the 16s, um, to the 4th 11 on a Sunday, to the 3rd 11 on a Saturday, wow. right into the 1st 11 on a, on a Saturday afternoon. And that's where I learned the game. I, you know, you, you always talk about the international game because that's what everyone kind of sees you for. And mm. Duncan Fletcher was a great coach. But I, I learned the game playing in that first 11 on, on, a, on a Saturday afternoon with, you know, when I was 15, 16, I was around accountants, policemen, um, 
painters and decorators, uh, bitter or lager, that's all you could have after play. Uh, you just had to choose one. Travelling in cars with these guys to the likes of Scarborough, to Cleethorpes. Uh, I got abused all the time, but it kind of made me what I want. Porn magazines, you had to kind of get get to know a few of them. They were always in the dress room as a young kid. Uh, I had overseas pros. So when I used to get abused by quite a few of the clubs because I was this young whippersnapper that people were talking about and the senior pros in the other team would try to pick on me, particularly the bowlers. Uh, that didn't uh, kind of go for too long because about my second year playing, Kenny Benjamin was my overseas pro. Oh, wow. um, so I just stood up stood at mid on and just said he's abused me, just bowled some bounces at him. Uh, and then Ian Bishop Ian Bishop came. We had Ian Bishop as an overseas pro. Um, so from getting abused quite early in my career in the, in the mm. first 11 at my local club, um, everyone started to be nuts because I had Ian Bishop and Kenny Benjamin bowling for me. So it was, uh, yeah, it's where, where, that's what made me as a cricket all those early days. They're, they're your foundation. You say that your father played um, third 11 cricket for Worsley or Worsley I'm not sure how you pronounce it um, with yeah, your excellent accent um, what was he like as a cricketer I mean third 11 obviously not first 11 but very instrumental I imagine was he a batsman was he a bowler was he a throwdown merchant good drinker good drinker yeah <laughs> he was a social cat he was a captain but I think it was because he was good at arranging the nights out afterwards he used to bowl these in swingers at about 30 miles an hour <laughs> he used to club it with his uh, St. Peter bat so he had a St. Peter Big old piece of willow, try to launch it out of the ground. But I had about eight or nine. Um, no, I enjoyed it. You know, my love of cricket uh, came through him and my mum. Uh, my mum's side of the family, actually, um, uh, my great 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 grandfathers were the the, um, the Tilsley brothers that played for Lancashire in England back in the twenties and thirties. And you only have to Google the Tilsley brothers. And they, they are a lot better than I am at the game of cricket. Um, they won pretty much everything. We still have the Rose Bowl that they won. They won the championship back in. I don't know what year it was, 30-something, and they got given a Rose Bowl, and I have that Rose Bowl still now. So uh, I think it's my mum. My dad will take the, uh, the kind of all the credit, but it was not my, my dad's kind of ability that I took out. My mum's side of the family that I got my cricketing skills from. Mm. Are, you still, are you still at all, I mean, attached to club cricket? I, I remember seeing a thing for, uh, I think it was like Nat West, he did a, he did a thing like The Secret Cricketer where you, you dressed up as, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, as uh, what, was, what was the character's name? Not sure, not sure of his name, but it was yeah, it was a Gary Wilson. Gary, Gary Wilson. Wilson. Gary, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, turned yeah, up yeah, like like those NBA shot. commercials yeah. where you actually have yeah. the full. It was a Kyrie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 the full like right. disguise on, and yeah. then you, you made twenty four yeah. or something like that, and, and and got out. Very club cricket. Yeah, yeah. smacked a couple of cover yeah. drives and then nicked off. I was this. Yeah, they put me as this fat chap with a big beard, and I just arrived to playing uh, this uh, cricket ground. That, I think it was at the club called Goldsborough. Yeah, I think it was Goldsborough, and, yeah. and they'd been. I think they've they for zero. The, yeah. yeah, the heaviest defeat ever in the history of the game. Mm. Uh, so they wanted to recreate that game, uh, and the, the kind of the the drama was me arriving halfway through the first innings, which we were in the field. No one knew who I was. Uh, I stroll on the pitch. Even the captain kind of had an idea, but he'd not been told anything. The rest of the, my team and certainly the opposing team didn't have a clue, and there was hidden cameras everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I stroll on the pitch, and the first thing that happens is a skyer. I'm under a sky and that wasn't going to happen because I wasn't going to get in a huddle so they could hear my voice and I, I, surprisingly I took the cat so everyone came around and I was like shoving him away saying come get on with the game and then the director just came up to me and he said oh, you know you get 50 not out and win us the game I think I went in at number 3 or 4 
Well, you know, on a on a club ground, which was always precious. Wasn't the oval? Wasn't a good seeing day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the sun coming down behind the bowler's arm with no side screen. It's not, it's not <laughs> easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Not easy stuff. It's not easy. Yeah. I was dropped on naught at mid off. Managed to get twenty four. Didn't walk. The umpire gave me out. He didn't know the gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, I, I kind of strolled out there once we got closer. We won the game surprisingly. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a good. That was a good crack. It was. It was good to get in amongst the. Uh, Proper that that's proper like um, great cricket where you you kind of in amongst uh, like a a local club. It's just mm. one little shed as a, a clubhouse, a few dressing rooms, not much. Mm. Uh, one little kind of uh, entrance where you could get a pint of lager, uh, and that's pretty much it. That that's what club cricket's all about. Mm. Michael, you've uh, just moving on to the international stuff. You've obviously had like a disproportionate amount of success against Australia over 600 runs in a series at one point. Won the 05 Ashes against you know McGrath, Warren, Ponting, Gilchrist, etc. I guess my question is like, why doesn't Australia scare you uh, in any way? <laughs> what, what's the secret there? <laughs> uh, I'm very good at shifting out bullshit. I'm very good at kind of looking at things and realizing that if, if you can act and, and pretend that it's not happening, you've got a chance of being successful. And, uh, yeah. You know, Australia had an incredible mentality, uh, and what they were brilliant at was intimidating the England teams, and in, particularly individuals. And I kind of worked a way of pretending that they weren't going to intimidate me. Of course, they did. Uh, they were a wonderful team. But the more I kind of conned myself into believing that I wasn't getting intimidated by them, the better I, I did. I was still petrified. I still was worried facing the likes of McGrath, Warren, Yed Gill, Chris Hayden, Langer. Uh, Ricky Ponting, Steve War, Steve War in particular, uh, he frightens the life out of me still. Same, yes. Yeah, same. He frightens me because he's just—he had this mentality in the morning. I mean, most of the Aussies would say morning, and not, not much of a conversation. He wouldn't even speak to you. You know, he, he, he tried to belittle yeah. you into thinking that you were just not worthy of being on the pitch with him. And he's not that kind of guy. I played golf with him, and he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, but he had a great mentality of uh, really knowing. I think he knew that he had a better team. He had. You know, strong players in that team. And mm. I think he knew that he could in- intimidate most most players around the world, and I reckon eighty percent of the time he, he did that. I I mm. conned him into thinking I was a lot more confident, mm. probably, than they thought. Got away with a bit of uh, luck in, in two thousand two, in two thousand and five because I had success in two 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 three, mm. and then I got the captaincy. I could kind of con my team into believing that they weren't playing against the, the great Australian. They were just playing human beings. Of course, they, they were more than human beings. They were better than that. Uh, but we managed to con a few in 05 to believe in that we could beat him. But uh, just on Steve Waugh, I know you've got a young lad, Michael. I mean, Steve Waugh's got a young lad as well. And um, you, you say he's a nice guy now, but we've we've had verified stories of his young lad playing second grade. He's a fully grown adult now. And um, But but when, he, when his young lad was being sledged, Steve Waugh was walking around the boundary sledging the opposition second graders. I just wonder if that's kind of your approach with your young lad playing as well. I mean, former England captain, you, you carry a lot of weight there. Has that crossed your mind as a tactic uh, to help your young lads? Yeah. Yourself? Yeah. Yeah, wants, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if, if opposing teams want to get, uh, you know, into my life, that's going to happen. He'll have to cope with it. He'll have to give it back. That's the game of cricket. But you know, the, the only thing I would say, if it gets personal, well, you've got to you've got to stop that. It, it's nonsense when you hear personal abuse. If it's banter, if it's just trying to put the player off playing the game and watching the ball, nothing wrong with that. Steve Waugh was a past master of that. Mm-hmm. You know, his his ability to make a batsman um, think about the previous failures. 
make a batsman look into the future of potentially losing his place in the side. I'd say Steve Waugh was, was the best. He never God. abused personally, but <laughs> he knew the psychological blows that he could take. Time traveller of Sligen. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 certainly had a, he certainly had a team that he knew he could mm. back to basically dismantle any uh, any weakness in the opposing team. I mean, sledging is uh, quite topical at the moment. Mm. I mean, we've obviously seen Ben Stokes react quite um, viscerally to a, mm. a, a fan making a comment, um, which we've already discussed earlier on the podcast, so I don't need to repeat that particular word again, which mm. <laughs> which we used um, quite liberally before. The Ed Sheeran is <laughs> yeah. the word I'm talking about. Um, I mean, where, where do you stand these days on, on blokes in the crowd verbaling players? Is it just part of the game? As a, as a, as a professional athlete, you kind of go out there and you have to expect these things, or is that just... Is that just, you know, village? Well, you've got to expect that you're going to cop a bit, you know, and I think if you're complaining about someone, you know, trying to get into you and it's in good banter and there's no nasty words and they're not getting personal, I I, I think as a player you've got to accept that. You know, it's all part of the entertainment. Particularly when you play away from home, you've got to expect that the opposing sides are going to try and... um, Put you under more pressure so if you think that's fine but when it gets personal i mean i don't ultimately know exactly what this guy said at the wanderers mm. all i knew it was something to do with ed Sheeran, mm. and, and stokes has responded but mm. i guess if you're going to get called anything ed Sheeran, i mean he's a billionaire that's he's good he's mm, right the bad. best songs in the globe i mm. mean I, I wouldn't be too offended by that if i was but i'm sure it was a little bit more than him mentioning that he's got ginger and he looks like ed Sheeran. <laughs> um, but i would give some advice to the chap but if there's one england cricketer that i wouldn't be abusing you know pick on joe root he's not hard yeah well josh you know he even yeah. butler you know came out with some words that i've not seen him use i think yeah. i think cricket's in that precarious place where because of um you know, I guess the cameras now and and the information that we get at social media, little things can deem to be a lot bigger than what the, what they were. And, and these things have been happening forever in a day while the game's been played. Um, you know, as long as it doesn't get too personal. That's why I was a bit disappointed in Joss where he was personally abusing mm. Vernon Philander. Mm. That's not him. Try and get into him. Yeah, try and off-put him in his game. But, you know... Mentioning he's a he's a big unit for Lander, but you know you don't need to mention it through the stump mics. Mention it somewhere else where you know there's not not a microphone. Be clever. <laughs> well, Michael, it was possible. You know, Joss who's struggling at the moment was just trying to reinvent himself as a hard man, mm. uh, just trying anything to kind of be relevant to the side. Like, how are you meant to drop somebody? who's so comprehensively nice, as mm. Joss is, and, and so many of his journalistic uh, friends are letting us know now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's also an indication of where he's at, but maybe he is under a bit of pressure. And mm. sometimes when you're under pressure, um, you're not quite yourself, and maybe that's an indication that Butler's just uh, feeling a bit of the heat. Uh, wonderful talent, got all the skills for the white ball, not quite transcended over to the red ball yet, but England will stick with him. He's a good guy, he's a, he's a good team member, and... That goes a long way. He's been catching the ball pretty nicely behind the stumps. Um, they obviously want him a bit more consistent with the bat, but uh, I'm sure they'll stick with him for a while, yeah. It's actually the opposite of what we do in Australia. If you are a nice guy, you're out of the team immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's suspicious. Yeah. Leave the team now. Nice <laughs> don't don't yeah. understand that. But uh, we were talking earlier in the show, Michael, about um, Joe Root. He's now got 48 Test 50s, 1700s. Just trying to figure out like the mentality of like a, a world-class international batsman making it to 50, and then just like something in the brain is like, I now get out immediately. <laughs> name yeah. in the paper. Yeah, no, 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 he just can't be asked. He wants to get to the bar early, doesn't he? That's, uh, um, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm 
close with him. I speak to him a lot. I don't know right. why. I honestly don't know why. He's tinkered with his technique recently. Again, I, I'm not too sure why he's done that. Uh, but to get that amount of 50s and not to yeah. you know, get the three figures. I mean, he's got a great average in test cricket, just under 50. Mm. Uh, probably being greedy, that should be around 55 with the amount of times he gets. And he very rarely fails. Um, for England to be successful here in a year and a half time or in his 18 months, they're going to need Joe Root getting hundreds. You, you're not you're not even competing out here with fifties and sixties, so it's so important that mm. whatever's going through his mind, it probably is that he's just thinking too much. Mm. You know, sometimes in sport you can overcomplicate, overthink, and before you know it, you're a little bit drained by the time you've got the fifty and sixty because you've been thinking about getting the hundreds. You've just got to allow it to happen. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer. If players are getting out between naught and ten, you've got an issue. Mm. If players are getting out between fifty and hundred. It's not an issue. It's just a mental concentration issue and that can be quite easily fixed if you're getting a 50 and 60 70 you're obviously doing a lot right to get there there's mm. more concern when you're getting out between naught and 10 just just on that michael i mean joe mentioned that you know after this uh successful series against south africa um that number one you know is kind of in sights it, it may be the goal um you know ollie pope's coming through tom banton you're a big supporter of his as well uh how are you meant to become number one when joe denley averages 30 and the spinner is don bess oh it's just chat i mean you can you can say it you can have a vision you all you all need a vision you know when you're leading mm. the team and you're managing a team you've got to have that vision um i've heard two visions now that they want to be number one and also they want to compete here in uh, two years time the miles off uh, i'm not being disrespectful because they've done some good things over in South Africa. Uh, Ollie Pope's a standout. Mark Woods obviously uh, come through. They need, they need pace. Um, but still the fundamental basics of being a number one side, I, I've got a, you know, just a suspicion they're still lacking. They need a bit more pace. Mark Woods, can he run 18 games on the trot to get to Australia? Can he play five test matches here? Joffre Archie, can he kind of become a partnership with Wood if, if, if that can happen yes they'll, they'll, they'll put a, a, many teams around the world under pressure Ollie Pope looks a standout but they haven't got a spinner you know Best got Pfeiffer uh, disappointed that they didn't give him another game on the back of the Pfeiffer I know the Wanderers is not historically a spin venue but when you're playing a South Africa team uh, we've got to be honest and it's not disrespecting South Africa the South African supporters would say this about this team at the minute they're a poor poor test match mm. team just, just on Jofra sorry Michael go on yeah, it's, a, it's the poorest South Africa test team I've seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, England have done well. They were one 0 down. Uh, that's more of a concern to me that they actually lost a test match to this South Africa team. Um, but they've done some decent stuff. They've got Sibley and Crawley that look like they've got a, a chance of having success in uh, in test match cricket. So there's some good stuff, but we shouldn't get too excited because uh, the South Africa team have, uh, have been pretty poor. We kind of don't understand the chat about Joffre Archer here as well. I'm looking at an article from Martin Samuel saying Joffre Archer is the rocket man in England's attack, but is in steady retreat, getting slower, getting injured and having questions asked. I mean, for us, you know, he, he frightened us. So 30 wickets from seven starts, three fifers, World Cup, bowled the super over, bowls 8,000 overs every time he plays. Mm. Now he's injured and now people are kind of questioning his commitment. Can you explain that to Australians who would love to have Joffre Archer in their side? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's, it's very much an English trait, I guess. You know, Joffre is coming to the England side. He, he, he won England the World Cup. I don't think England would have won the World Cup without Joffre Archer. Mm. Uh, he, he came into the Ashes, bowled great, uh, was terrific, particularly at, at Lord. That spell that he 
produced as Steve Smith will, will be remembered for a long, long time. He then went to Henley and gets a sixer. Had an off game at Old Trafford. He just didn't quite get his rhythm. It was awful, awful conditions for, for bowling on that first day. And then did pretty well in uh, the last game at the Oval. And then he goes to New Zealand and, and, and struggled. you got to remember, this is a, a young bowler that's not bowled a great deal with the Kookaburra ball. So mm. I think we sometimes ex- expect a little bit too much. Um, you know, when you start talking paces, you know, the way that he bowls and the amount of cricket that he plays, my one concern is he, he probably won't be that 90 miles an hour bowler when he's playing the IPL, when he's playing mm. three formats for England. I don't think he'd be able to bowl 90 miles an hour consistently. He just doesn't look to be that kind of bowler, but he's skillful, he's different, uh, he can hold a bat as well, he's a character. Uh, I would say to England, whether they've been briefing people in the media to write that, only they can answer that question, I don't know, but if they have, it's bang out of order. Mm. Uh, because in, in terms of a young talent, he's different because he's probably going to take some managing. He's probably going to be a little bit late at times. Well, they've got to just nip that in the bud. They've got to manage him. They've got to expect that you know, there will be times when he's not quite as consistent. But there will be times where out of nowhere he'll produce a spell like he did against Steve Smith mm-hmm. and Lords. And if I was them, I'd be managing him because for what I see, he'll win England games of cricket across all the three formats. So do as much as they can to make sure that they find out exactly who he is and work out how to manage him the best way possible. Michael, just back to um, something we touched on at the start of the podcast, how Australians are deeply scarred still to this day (laughs) by the 2005 Ashes series, obviously one of the greatest (laughs) test series um, in our lifetime. What are your kind of greatest moments of that series? Um, You know, we're not talking about Ponting choosing to bowl at Edgebaston or McGrath rolling his ankle when Ponting got run out by Gary Pratt, all great moments. Mm. Um, which I'm sure English people rejoiced at the time, but your personal greatest memories of that series? Um, I mean, it was a build-up over two years. We we decided to go with younger players. Um, over the course of the two years, from three to five, we kind of got rid of Nasser in a nice way. He got 100 <laughs> against uh, New Zealand. The Lloyd one was just, Nasser, you're gone. He, you know, he kind of made his own decision. Alex Stewart, Darren Goff, Andy Caddick didn't play. Mark Butcher had, had, had kind of been passed by and then Graham Thorpe Graham Thorpe was playing the the game before and he had a bit of a dodgy back and we decided to go with Ian Bell Kevin Peterson came into the side um, Mm. like Simon Jones Um, obviously Giron Jones behind we just kind of produced a team that we felt had no scars against Australia we we gambled because it's a big risk to go into a, a big series like that with not a great deal of experience against Australia but I felt the experience that a lot of the players that I'd mentioned had were were bad experiences and I think you can have a, a lot of baggage uh, and, it, and it can really affect you uh, if things don't go quite go well in an early part of the series which happened we lose at Lords but because all the young kids had never really played against Australia we could con them into believing that that, that didn't matter Lords and we go again at Edgebaston and go with the same mentality that we'd had the previous year we'd won seven test matches on the trot in uh, England in 2004 Mm. Uh, we'd won in South Africa so we were playing cricket that we knew if we could up our game we we could compete with Australia but I think the best thing now uh, a long way from that series 15 years on it's Mm. more what it did for the game and and, and more that you're asking me about it now that Mm. you know I think all the players that were involved on both sides we, we kind of all sit back and go it's actually proud to be involved in a series that people still talk about because of the way that it was played, the individuals that were playing, the dramatic moments pretty much across every single Test match. And Test match cricket needs that. And I thought, actually, last year's Ashes was getting very, very close. Mm. 
you know, when England won at yeah. Headingley, I thought, wait a minute, this is going to be mm. going right down to the wire. And then obviously England just didn't arrive at Old Trafford. But, you know, the year that we had in 19, it, it felt the closest that cricket has got to 2005 because of the World Cup. Um, the World Cup final was on terrestrial TV. Yeah. Seven or eight million people watched it. Uh, and that was a big thing for the game back home. So it does feel like 2019 certainly will have the same impact that uh, 2005 had on supporters and potentially new supporters of the game. Mm. Michael, it's a very, this is obviously a very detailed interview. Um, I hope people in the UK are enjoying this as well. But, I mean, uh, you know, as many of our audience will have seen when we announced that you'd be coming on the cast, there was a raft of comments underneath that you no doubt read um, <laughs> of people saying, um, can you ask him why he blocked me? Um, so, uh, uh, I have a simple, can I, can I, simple <laughs> method on Twitter? Please. So generally people get blocked if they're not themselves. Like right. So if their Twitter handle is AZ51254 mm. and they come on and abuse, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. This you is, know, if this you're is the great abuse, podcast on anonymous Twitter account mm. <laughs> started by three yeah, people from the internet. Yeah, mm. Anyone that abuses or yeah. tries to be smart and they're not themselves, they can get effed. Mm. Yep. Uh, and they just get blocked straight away. Um, those that have been swarmy over two or three tweets, and you just think, "Oh, shut up, get rid of them." Yeah. You know, I think that's why Twitter's Twitter's great because of that. That you know, I love interacting. I interact with so many people, and I, I like Twitter. Um, I think it's going a little bit vile at times. Yeah. I really do. I think there's times where you look at it and going, "Come on." Yeah. You know, any small error that someone makes, everyone's all over them. It's like, come on, we're human beings. People make mistakes. That's yeah. why life's great. Um, but uh, generally, um, I'm very open and honest to people on Twitter. I like the, the comments back. Uh, but if you're not yourself and you handle, I can't see who you are, and it's not a picture that I can kind of put a face to the abuse, I'm sorry, you can get fucked. You're going to get blocked. Simple. <laughs> so do you think NASA should have batted at the Gabba in 2003? <laughs> 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 to be fair to NASA, if he had batted, we'd have still lost, and he wouldn't be as famous for it. So <laughs> in terms of his fame, he, he did Good the point. right decision. Good point. Uh, Michael Vaughan, now you've got a flight to catch. Thanks for holding us off until now, until you were about to get out of the country. Um, yeah. Very much appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for coming out here to Australia as well, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, to be honest with you, you your podcast, I didn't realise it was that popular, but you're, you're quite popular. I've seen a few tweets people like it, so uh, whether they like me on it, I'm not too sure, but thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries, mate. Safe flight. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Gentlemen, as you would have seen, the Australia Day Awards took place over the weekend. Australia Day. Some some people call it Australia Day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, James Mukey yeah. won the Australian of the Year for right. Preventing Blindness. Yeah. That's something that's new information for me. I did not know that. Okay. I think fewer people engaging with Australia Day generally for yeah. um, extremely understandable reasons. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Bettina Arndt, I think is how you say it. Um, right. she, she received an award for service to uh, gender equity, a right. men's rights activist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all this chat about great Australians. Mm. Does, oh, yeah. oh, it just does make me think about Budgie. Oh, there we, oh there, there we the go. There we go. I didn't know what you were talking about There's for a the second link. there. Tell you what. Yeah. Stretching hard for that one. <laughs> if there was an award for snugly fitting customizable swimwear. <laughs> yeah. If there was. Produced and developed was. onshore. Yeah. Mm. It's onshore stuff. It's onshore. Yeah. Not offshore like our IDRs. Yes, that's right. Mm. 
and it will never be offshored like our ODIs. Yeah. Mm. Oh. They've made that personal commitment to we us. We might speak to Linny next week, actually, in the studio. And people can listen CEO to his budget smuggler. CEO of Budget Smuggler. Yeah. So it's saw Ben Stokes smuggling. I can yeah. see him uh, smuggling. Uh, all the Australian players are wearing budgies as well. I wonder whether we can ask CEO of Budget Smuggler Linny next week whether yeah. you know, Stokes will be you know, uninvited from wearing them, given his very poor behaviour. Then again, I there know, were guys I welcome the, that. I welcome that. Well, we'll ask Linny. He's a CEO. No, but I'll decide what's okay. good for the company. Well, then again, Linny did is a C, was a CEO when um, about seven blokes yeah, went to the Malaysian off. Grand Prix yeah, and right. um, drunk shoeys yeah. uh, and, yeah. and ended up in jail. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He stood by them, I believe. Yeah, right. And he was stand by Ben Stokes as well. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm putting words mm-hmm. in his mouth now. Yeah. What's the website? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Budgiesmuggler.com.au. Hash, Jesus. Hashtag Ask TGC. As Pez tries to destroy the studio one swift action at a time. Um, just before we get into that, uh, there was an article published uh, through Premier Cricket New South Wales this week where Robbie Aitken, uh, that's a that's a teammate of yours, Pez, a former teammate of yours, has equaled the most first-grade matches ever in the history of the first-grade competition, circa 460-odd. Mm. I'll just like say that. something like that. Round it up. Heaps. Heaps yeah. of games. He's played heaps of games of first grade. Yeah. That's a lot, man. That's a good A lot. Congratulations. Congratulations to Robbie Aiken. Equaled, yeah. Most number of first grade games mm-hmm. in the history of first grade cricket. Obviously, he'll surpass it next week. You know, mm-hmm. injury permitted. If selected. If selected. For the Bears. Um, Robbie is extremely athletic. Extremely athletic. He is lithe. How old is you he? You remember him, Dave? How old is he? He'd been in his 40s, Robbie. Yeah. But very athletic. Like, extre- yeah. He just, you could see how the body survives. Mm. Um, something like you know, like eight thousand runs, six hundred wickets, mm. or something. Absolute glutton, glut, just a glutton yeah. for involvement. Can bowl one of those um, dudes for balls with his uh, oh. like at the front of his fingers. Oh, yeah, he can right. spin it the other the way. He was yeah. so hard to play in the nets. Yeah, the hardest spinner I've ever had to play in the nets. Levers, levers for days, mm. uh, and can still get around. It's um, remarkable. And dare yeah, don't um, don't shower next to him. Callum McLeod kicks off hashtag AskTJC this week. He says, hey, boys, uh, I have unfortunately been outfitted into sending this message on behalf of my dad. Enjoy. Nice. Since two of you so have... So this is the dad writing. Yeah, uh, it is. I believe it is. Sure. Yeah. Since two of you have young kids, as do many of the listeners and great cricketers around the world, I'd like to propose a regular segment on, in parentheses, positive parenting and cricket. Close. Quotation marks, not parentheses. <laughs> you started with parentheses and closed with quotation grammar. marks. Fuck me. Every second message you read out relates to a parent slash child slash cricket issue. Yes. To kick off this formal segment, please discuss this moral dilemma and in doing so, hopefully appease my conscience and feelings of guilt which have haunted me for the past three seasons. Picture this. Fourth grade game, one day, 45 overs per team and we're chasing 190 and a down... Uh, a, it must be a one down. Yeah, one down, down for 130. Eight overs to go. I am captain, age 53, the only player aged over 20. I'm batting with my son, age 16. I've hit a quick fire 30-odd, and my son, who opened the batting, is on 17 after 37 overs, making Jeff Boycott look like Glenn Maxwell. The next two batsmen in are in form and known for their hard hitting. What would you do? Continue to place blind fatherly faith in your son's ability and potential, despite the bleeding obvious that his go-to shot, a push to third man, will not get us across the line, or, as I did... Wait until he hits the ball directly to mid-off. Call yes, knowing he's a good son. He will listen to the call and get run out at the bowler's end and thereby get some big hitters into the middle as well as teaching him a life lesson. Please discuss what is appropriate and positive parenting in this real-life situation. Family first or team first? P.S. The next few bats were all failed and we got rolled for 160-odd. 
PPS, the concerned son, has subsequently not played cricket the past two seasons. Okay. Um, Is that clear? That's clear. Yeah. Yeah, that was from the father. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Okay, so renowned psychologist Stephen Bidolf is a big proponent of of fathers being there for their sons. He says if you work 50 to 60 hour weeks... Yeah. It is next to impossible to be a present father, mm-hmm. so to consider that. So the first thing we need to do is congratulate Mr. McLeod for engineering a situation where he's engaged in a ritual with his son. Can I just stop you there? Dave sure. Warner won Australian Father of the Year didn't mm-hmm. he? a couple of years yeah. ago. despite, And the photo shoot was him, Candace, mm-hmm. and his children on a, on a cliff mm-hmm. base, and he was wearing full ODI kit playing with his family. <laughs> Which I think is enough. Which made, a lot of, made me have a lot of questions about, yeah. firstly... Mm-hmm. Why are you wearing that outfit yeah. with your family? Why, Secondly, we do why are you on a cliff he can. with your family? Yeah, I'd do that if I played ODIs for Australia. Okay. I stand by my comment last week. Yeah. I'd fucking love international cricket if I played it. Yeah. 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 So with Mr. McLeod, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> on this occasion, he's trying to win a game. Like they're trying to win a game for their team. They're engaged in a ritual. They're batting together, right? So mm-hmm. like, and, and with the situation, Bidoff talk, talks about the importance of ritual for boys mm, and for men. Um, especially for boys. It doesn't have to be like spiritual Amazonian quests, you know, carrying canoes up mountains and stuff like okay. that. He, he actually talks about things like backyard cricket, yep. where sons are taught to accept the umpire's decision, deal with difficult situations in a right. controlled environment. This is good for their growth. Okay. So this is a ritual situation. This is good. Yeah. But Mr. McLeod is Mr. Trick here. Um, the son, yes, <laughs> needed to go for the sake mm. of the team. Um, Does Bidoff like talk about this in his book? He Well, essentially, yeah. Okay. I want to yeah. channel this through the prism of Bidoff. Um, but like what, what Mr. McLeod needed to do was encourage his son to hit, to hit out or get out. Yeah. Right. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Be good or fuck off. <laughs> instead, the father's opted to um, deceive and betray his son in the most brutal way possible, strategically <laughs> right. barbecuing him. Yeah. Based on what was shown to be poor judgment, the subsequent batsman got out. Everybody truly lost. He couldn't even demonstrate to his son afterwards that what he did was correct. Yeah. Um, so con- concept was right. Tactics disastrous. And he quit playing for mm. the last two. Yeah. Seasons. So, so the life lesson that Mr. McLeod has taught his son is that if you're in a moral bind, as he was, don't be afraid to cheat and deceive the people you love to get what you want, <laughs> even if you're wrong about it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so well done. So yeah, and also he, he suggests we have a segment called Positive Parenting in Cricket. Don't tell us what to fucking name our segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think is it bit off that says, you know, from the ages of zero to six, the mother is the most important figure in the child's life. And then from the ages of about six onwards to maybe 15 or 16, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of reverses. And then the father is the mm-hmm. most important. So anything well, you it's do. Like he qualifies it. He's like, the dad's got to be there. Around, but the kid, the, the son, starts noticing the father mm. much more from about five or six. Yeah. Um, so it's not like dads have just got a free pass for five or six Zero years. to six, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching BBL. Alex Carey's bad. He's sitting him clean. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Patton gives him a whack, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a clean ball. <laughs> Can you make up that formula? No, Carey's in. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to replace Payne one day. Clears <laughs> a clean ball. Yeah. Teeth-based. Uh, teeth-based selection. Um would you reckon you guys will send uh, no send do you reckon you guys will send him the, to cricket the, the, the first the first um, match that you guys take your sons to mm-hmm. will be what would be Big Bash have already test. done it already done it Preston Oval yeah okay a grade oh so a grade cricket game yeah well, what, it was, it was what, not what, even grade what, oh right yeah what was it uh, I don't know it was Melbourne some fucking weird Melbourne comp okay. I don't know you no but I'm, I'm talking about the professional oh pro yeah yeah like you're paying for a ticket yeah I haven't taken him to a cricket. I've taken him to How a... How old are you saying? No, no, what's the first game? Is it a Big Bash game? Is it an ODI? Do we have what format of cricket yeah, what is format the first of cricket? match is that I've taken to professionally? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, it's it, gonna it's gonna be a test. Like it's probably th- gonna have to be a test match because <laughs> an Ashes test something match. that goes throughout the entire day that yeah. I can kind of maybe get a uh, a pass out so we can mm. what kind of go in and out. Yeah, maybe right. Like he's still having naps at the moment, so I could go back at the at the lunch break, put him down for two hours, come back, watch the after <laughs> session. Yeah. I wouldn't do any of those things. Oh, no, I saw. Uh, we were. <laughs> that in sounds Perth like a lot day. of fucking work. Yeah. I, I saw a kid that would be the same age as my son. Would have been twenty months old, nearly two years old, yeah. at of the stadium. Poor kid. Mm. It, this kid had no idea what was going. Just standing there, bored. Yeah. Um, Probably a bit too early for the demographic. But, the but even an afternoon else. game at BBL, which would end at like 6.30, and you've got to think about getting out of the stadium, yeah. getting home, public transport. Uh, we happy. put him down at 7pm, so I can't go yeah. to a cricket game with him until he's at least 38. <laughs> ODI? It would be ODI, yeah. <laughs> against, if they're still yeah, around. Against the pool. Mm. In the pool. In the pool. Mm. Yeah. Go to the Himalayas, catch an ODI. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one is from Josh Poor. Hey, lads have recently moved from a metro area away from the big smoke, brackets, literally the big smoke, from Melbourne. Our country is burning quicker than my desire to bowl mediocre 120-kilometre-an-hour in-swingers is dwindling. Nice. Another brackets, I'll call them in-swingers. Now, he didn't close the brackets, <laughs> just another bracket. Another open and up. Yeah. I'll call them in-swingers because I often get hit through mid-wicket, but I just bowl a shit line. Mm-hmm. Close brackets eventually to a rural area for work. two there to make that correct. Several commutes back and forth between the two have now been made easier by listening to the TGC podcast. I particularly like Zorba. Brackets. brackets. I will call him that, <laughs> despite never having met and undoubtedly would be offered by him if I ever did, close brackets, saying how much he hates grade cricket. What a true sentiment. But nevertheless, the notion of salad has come about and I accidentally used it in conversation with my partner the other day to which she said, why the fuck are you saying salad and running your hand through your hair? <laughs> Brackets, despite all my good, my poor features, I do indeed have decent salad. Close brackets. How should I say to her that I'm using an obscure reference that I don't know the origin of that I've heard three white guys, I don't know you need to say that, in their 30s say on a podcast none of my friends listen to because it sounds funny and also can you please tell me the origin of the term? Thanks, gents. Yours, regretfully in cricket, Josh. Crap. Brackets there. I, 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 I like parentheses. Yeah, like yeah, the more parentheses in questions. That was actually hard to read. The better. Yeah, well, and that's the problem. Like, yeah, it's beautiful not, to read, you know, to privately to yourself, mm. but when you actually have to say the words out loud. Well, you're not meant to use too many parentheses in writing. It's like mm. it, uh, little disclaimers, like undermines the mm. the power and the clarity of your mm. message. It kind of suggests, oh, you don't really know what you're talking mm. about. But I actually think it's good for mm. cricket, which is just an endless conf- like war in your head of competing yeah. thoughts. So you, start, you start thinking something, then something else comes into your mind. Exactly. And you so always do the, the opposite yeah. thing to the mm. thing you're thinking yeah. in cricket. Yes. It's like an antidote yeah. to the smug oversimplification of cricket where everyone talks as though they know exactly what's going on when actually actuality they don't. Mm. When in reality, in reality they, <laughs> they don't. don't. What is the origin of Salah? Well, I don't know. I just I, I, that's, I think that's partly why it's funny, isn't it? Like, I, I mean, if, if someone has the etymology... Did we start it? You, I don't no, remember that. the term salad. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. Else, so I've heard salad for a I while. I thought you said it and oh. that you'd heard it at grey cricket level because the first time I was ever introduced oh. to the term was, I'm pretty sure, through you saying it and me being incredulous mm. and not having any idea. It's been around grade cricket for a while and then it started popping up in our Ask TGCs and we were just like, what is it? Because I just think about iceberg lettuce, cherry tomatoes, mm. shredded carrot, yeah. beetroot, mm, you know, yeah. feta. Pumpkin walnut. And how, uh, pumpkin Rocket. walnut, yeah, yeah. Uh, balsamic. And mm. how does um, that translate to hair? How just, is that in any way? Just I just, struck, and then you think about that on someone's head. This just struck me this fucking entire podcast is parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> someone says something, then someone yeah. says something else. Mm. Yeah. If someone else can suggest the etymology of salad. I think, so I started it. That's, that's what we're coming oh, to. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
computer. Or I'd love to know. Then? I don't know. Uh, oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Because you can play around with it. I guess you can play around with salads. You can add things to salads. You can add things to hair. You can yeah. style it differently. You can present a salad in many different ways. Sure. Mm. Sure. Mm. Such as? Uh, well, uh, you know, you Mediterranean. Look, look at, look at yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. Weatherold. Yeah. yeah peri peri chicken. Peri peri chicken. I can list salads, yeah. which is just mm. not good Greek. radio. Mm. Greek. It's always funny to me when people write in like where they listen to this show. Like people like obviously long drives and stuff. Is, is it Josh who just wrote that question? He was like saying Josh like, Paul. he's driving to and from the big smoke or whatever. Mm. So this talking to someone the other day. They're like, they just, they have it on in like a... Um, radiology theater so it's just like on in the background like people are like walking in and out <laughs> just, just doing on. like 20 week ultrasounds yeah it's yeah. fucking just on it's, yeah. like, it's like oh yeah listen uh, my friend listens to it and he like plays it in the office and like in the uh, in radiology theater just, yeah. like, like why are you doing that to people <laughs> why are you doing that anyway get well soon get well soon Josh um, <laughs> Natasha writes in and the subject is romance gone wrongen nice oh so you put a subject yeah it was lovely. an email one yeah, yeah. Cool. um Hi, yeah, the, cool. Cool. Romance gone wrong, and that's actually a proper headline. Uh, hi, the great cricketer. G'day. I, I just wanted to tell you the story about how six months ago I knew nothing about cricket and am now listening to your podcast on most car rides. Thanks to my boyfriend. I think he must have recognised that being such a cricket nuffy was probably not the most attractive feature when trying to date me. In fact, I had no idea that he even had the slightest interest in the game until a few months down the track. It wasn't until the Ashes were on last year that he started talking about the game with his dad. At first, I thought it was just a general interest for the sport. However, he proceeded to explain the game to me and told me it meant a lot to him, uh, and then, then I showed some interest. At this point, I still wasn't aware of his obsession until he came over one day and his phone background was suddenly changed to a picture of Steve Smith and then told me that no one was worthy of Steve Smith, not even me, but I was already in too deep. I then found myself watching videos explaining cricket to impress him, and that's when I knew there was definitely no going back. I'm now the proud owner of a sidearm and slightly enjoy going to the nets until I got a ball to the face. I genuinely enjoyed watching the Boxing Day test, or maybe it was just the beer, and I have a massive crush on Mitch Stark to the point that my boyfriend is getting jealous. Dating a cricket addict is a, ja is a dangerous, slippery slope, and I really should have gotten out at the first sign of him liking the game, but here we are, writing to you as a birthday present to him. I'm shamefully excited to watch more games at the SCG Tash. P.S. Happy birthday, Harry. <laughs> Harry. They, where, where are they? They're driving in a car right now. They listen to this podcast. Or in a radiology theatre. Harry, you, you, you need to pull the car over right now and you marry this woman. It doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> he kept You're getting fucking throwdowns from Tash. He did yeah. the right thing. I think we've talked about this on the podcast yeah. before. When drip do you feed. reveal yeah. drip feeding? Mm. Mm. Your cricket obsession mm. Not too early not He too waited early. three months Till she was in She was invested <laughs> Maybe emotionally Maybe financially yep. He tricked her He tricked her mm -hmm. Pulled the wool over her eyes yep. And now she's in very deep yep. She's going Before down he told her That she wasn't worthy Of Steve Smith Yeah Was that Yes <laughs> was You're not that? worthy of him yeah. No one's worthy of <laughs> him I would have come As a real shock to the system For Tash yeah. I would have thought Oh I'm going dating this guy yeah. I think he likes cricket Now yeah. I'm not worthy Of Steve yeah. Smith He's a bit leg side isn't he <laughs> Yeah I mean Notwithstanding the crush On Mitch Stark um, though she spells his name with a K, so it might be a that could unintentional have been just, That could have just been a correction. True. Or a correct thing. Um, uh, this is absolutely beautiful and I'm touched. Um, Harry will either... It, the question is what, how Harry will feel. He could be, feel extremely alarmed. I mean, maybe he liked to listen to TJC alone and now his girlfriend is in the show. What the fuck's wrong with you, Harry? What's mm. going on? What are your secrets? Mm. What's going on with you and Steve Smith? But nah, that's nice. guess so. Any other birthday messages? Send them in. Or whatever. <laughs> Do we want? <laughs> parentheses, close parentheses. That's mm. the end of the show. 
that's the, that's the end of the show. Um, we haven't spoken to Michael Vaughan yet. Let's do, this, let's do this dance one more time. Who knows? Ah, he's, uh, I'm backing him. You backing him? We've got his room number at the hotel he's staying at, and he's <laughs> flying out this evening. And it's, I'm pretty sure he's already checked out. It only makes sense to us because people already know if he's been on. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. That's the, that's the end of the show. All right, well, we've done it again. See you guys next week.